good. Leanna, Leanna, put the baby down and come up here. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding either. I want her to come up here. Leanna, 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 come up here. Your daddy said you were first thing on the agenda. And that's good. Um, she's probably going, she's going to tell you what she made, but um, it was, if y'all weren't here, if you weren't here last night, you missed a good time. The only thing is that, and, and I tell you before you say anything, Kevin Duncan and Eddie, and uh, uh, Eddie, uh, Robbie, I don't know why I want to call him Eddie, Robbie Septon, they both could be, got another whole career if they want it as auctioneers or car salesmen. I think that might be definitely. Go ahead. Um, as of last night, this is just, a, it's not like a, like an exact total, but a little over $20,000. That all you gonna say? That's, yeah. You gonna say thank you? Oh, thank you. <laughs> That's like five over what she needed, right? So we're really uh, thrilled and tickled. Uh, but I'm still mad at your dad because I didn't get that picture. Where are you, Wayne? I was wanting that picture really bad, and I couldn't go over 200. I, <laughs> I, I figured that you might want to give it to me as a Christmas present. Yeah, that's what I said. Okay. <laughs> All right. If, uh, uh, if you have a prayer request, now it's time to raise your hand for uh, ushers. Let's get some prayers going. And I got a few announcements. Kids, first of all, kids, remember we're decorating our flip-flops for Relay uh, for Life tonight. Decorating flip-flops tonight. And if anyone has made uh, has a donation for the shirts or the luminaries, they may give those to Susanna Clute or Ellen Henson. Also remind you that the United Methodist Men Barbecue and Yard Sale is coming up on May the 4th. Now that's just a couple, a couple weeks. And uh, you can already buy tickets, on, I think, Pre, the pre-selling tickets, and that's a yard sale and barbecue on Saturday, May the 4th. Don't want to forget that. It goes Actually, the, uh, it's one of the big fundraisers for the United Methodist Men every year. Also, I want to uh, um, confirmands, any confirmands here, we, we, do, we will meet at 4.30 today. I want to hear all about your, your retreat. I heard, it was, I heard it was some wonderful good things about that. So, um, and I believe... That's the um that's it. Is that it? Anybody else got one? All right, then let's begin our worship together. Silver lining, dreams are moving. 
broken hearts become brand new. That's what faith can do. It doesn't matter what you put. Impossible is not a word. It's just a reason for someone not to try. Everybody's scared to death when they decide to take. your heads and pray with me. Dear Lord, this morning we are so thankful for miracles. We are thankful that you just work wonders in our lives, Lord. You just reach into us and you pull out the very best of us. Sometimes things that we don't even know that we have, Lord, and you just help us share that with others for your glory. Lord, we, we apologize to you this morning for being doubtful, for being doubtful of our faith, for being doubtful of things that, that you can do through us. Lord, lift us up. Fill us with your goodness and help us to know that we are here to serve you with our gifts and our talents that you have given us so that we can share that with the world. In your name I pray. Amen. Stars in the night, I wonder. At your lightning in the sky, I shudder. Your glory is a blanket that covers every living thing. I'm in awe at the majesty of who you are Your love is a seal burned inside my heart All of 
Thank you. 
Will you turn and greet your neighbor, tell them good morning, that you love them? And children, will you come to the carpet? Good morning, boys and girls. Um, it's so good to see you all here today. Um, I want to share something with you. Um, I brought something today that's really, really special to me. I actually have a lot of these laying around my house because, as most of you know or you don't know, um, I have three children at my house that live at my house. And um, since the day they were born, I have been taking all kinds of pictures of them. Pictures at school, pictures when they were babies, pictures at birthday parties, pictures just out in the yard doing stuff like blowing bubbles and riding bikes. So as a mom, I have a lot of um, pictures and things that I have saved over the years um, that came from my children. Because parents, when they have children, are proud of their children from the very first minute they come here and, and take their first breath. So this is, a, this is a book of my first child. His name is Gray. He's um, a big boy now, and he's not real thrilled of me showing his baby pictures. But, but, you know, we were all babies, so we all have had silly pictures at one time or another. So I thought I would bring his because he is my oldest, and so I have collected a lot from him over the years as a baby and just doing things and growing up and going to school but I was thinking as I was looking over these pictures I am just one parent out of so many in this world and then I started thinking about God and just like me God is a parent too do you guys know who God's children are we are his children but from the very beginning, there was one special um, son that God had, and he came down to earth, and he had a very Jesus. special purpose. What was his name? Jesus. Jesus was his son. So from the very second that Jesus took his first breath, and even before that, God was so proud of him for everything that he did. Um, why do you think God, first of all, let me back up. Why do you think God was proud of Jesus? What would be some things that he would be proud of Jesus for? What do you think? Did Jesus do any good things? He did die for us. I think, and the Bible even tells us that, God was proud of Jesus because as he grew and he got older, he became more mature and he, he developed you know, people that, that loved him and he did really good things for people. And in fact, Jesus even said that he was here, he was sent from heaven not to do his will, but to do the will of his Father. Now, I know a lot of times my children don't do exactly what I want them to do. Do you guys do everything your parents want you to do? No, probably not. And I know when I was a kid, I didn't either. We're all guilty of that. So, Jesus is different from us because, I'm sorry for the distraction, Jesus is 
different from us because he did do everything his father asked him to do. So just like Jesus, we're his children too. We are God's children just like Jesus. So there are things that God wants us to do, his will for us. Things like being nice to your brother and sisters, like helping out around the house, like doing things for your parents. So, And as you get older, those things are going to grow just like you are going to grow. So as God's children, our job is to do his will just like Jesus did. Now, we're not always going to be perfect, and we are going to slip along the way. So that's why Jesus is here, to help guide us to be the children that God wants us to be. So everybody look at me. What are some things that we can do to be more um, faithful to God? What are some things that we can do that would make God proud of us? Help our moms and dads. dads. Riley, what is something you can do? Be nice to my brother. Be nice to your brother. Okay, well, we are going to need some help along the way with um, following God's will. So let's say a little prayer together, and I want you to think about this throughout the day, okay? Everybody close your eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross and to save us from our sins. Um, And we hope that we will be the type of children that you are proud of. And one day, hopefully, we'll be able to hear hear you say those words to us when we meet you. Um, In your heavenly name we pray. Amen. Well, let us bow our heads in prayer. Oh God, we come before you this day, you who are a good shepherd, your goodness, your mercy, uh, they are with us. We thank you, oh God, to be here in this place to worship you. We are reminded this day that your power is great. If we have just a little bit of faith, faith of a mustard seed, we can do great things. And you can do great things through us, even greater than you did when you were here. That's what the scripture tells us. And so we thank you, O Lord, for for helping all those in need this day. We especially pray for all those who are listed on our prayer bulletin. We pray for for those who are mourning the loss of Lorraine Burrib. We pray, O oh God, for this the church that's going to be built. There's a village somewhere in this world. And we pray right now ahead of time the blessings for these folks that are going to come upon them when that church is built. We pray, O oh Lord, that you'd keep us mission-focused. Help us, O oh Lord, to see how we can reach out and be partners with those folks around the world who are in need.
We pray, O oh Lord, that you'd continue to watch over us, that your angels would surround us. We'd know of your powerful presence, that those who might need today uh, help in body, mind, or spirit, that you would touch them in a special way. And you would help us, O oh Lord, uh, help us to accept your good and your perfect will in this and all things. We pray, O oh Lord, in your name. We pray as you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Next Sunday is the Sunday that the children will go to the library. I'm sorry that uh, there was a little bit of confusion about that. But uh, the volunteer could not do it this Sunday. She'll do it next Sunday. So next Sunday they will go to uh, the library during the 9 o'clock service. Let's look at our scripture today. It comes from the book of Acts. The book of Acts is the record of the remarkable growth and spread of Christianity in the first hundred years after the resurrected Christ appeared to us. And I want to read this passage from Acts 9, verse 36. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha, which when translated is Dorcas, who was also doing good and helping the poor. About that time she became sick and she died, and her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. Now Lydia was near Joppa, the town of Lydia was near Joppa. So when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydia, they sent two men to him and urged him, please come at once. Now the disciples they're talking about here are the believers there in Joppa. Peter went with them, and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. And all the widows stood around him crying and showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. And Peter sent them all out of the room, and then he got down on his knees and he prayed. Turning toward the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. And she opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. He took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. Then he called the believers and the widows and presented her to them alive. This became known all over Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord. And Peter, Peter stayed in Joppa for some time, we're assuming in ministry, right, with a tanner named Simon. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh Lord, help us to see and understand that we have the same Holy Spirit power and faith as did Jesus as did Peter, as does everyone since up and even to this day. Help us to see what our faith can do. We pray in your name. Amen. 
Now, you know, last week Brenda was here and she wanted me to tell all of y'all, thank you so much for allowing her to be here. And what you did not know was that she was very, very nervous. And she said that, that she, and she said to tell you that she was very nervous and that she hoped that that didn't uh, distract you at all. But several of you have told me that she didn't appear nervous at all. And that's, she's, I didn't think she was nervous, but she said she was shaking inside. But she talked about going fishing or, going, or doing ministry. And this story is about what happened. What happened after those disciples stopped fishing and went to doing ministry? Now, let me just talk just a minute about the story again. This is the woman named Tabitha, which is Aramaic for gazelle. Just, you might, I don't know if you want, this is the kind of nerdy stuff. I just, you know, the Greek word for gazelle is Dorcas. <laughs> and that's why you see both those names mentioned. I know you're so glad I told you that. This, this, uh, the other thing that I want you to see, just a little a point, is that the word was used disciples. You know, you heard me say, these are the disciples there, okay, disciples. This is the same word that was used to identify the original 12. And so it's caused some biblical scholars to speculate that she, this Dorcas, Tabitha, Gazelle, whatever, how you want to put her, that Tabitha was maybe one of those followers of Jesus from the very beginning that the Bible doesn't ever tell us about because it's so male-centric, okay, in its writing, that she may be one of those female disciples from the very beginning that followed Jesus. Or it may just refer to the work that she did. And you see, the work that she did is very, very important. And it's important for you to see that a disciple has to be about something. And this disciple did things that helped the poor and dispossessed. As you heard in the story, they, they showed Peter the things that she did, how she helped the widows in the town, how she helped those uh, who uh, were, were less fortunate than her. And she kind of had this welfare program going on there in that town. And, and it was important to understand that one of the most dispossessed people in town, in those towns in those days, would have been widows. Uh, widows were almost always at the bottom of society. When her husband died, they lost everything. And Tabitha had given her life to working and helping others. And so when she dies, it's indeed a tragedy. It's a tragedy not only that she's died, but it's a tragedy that these folks that she's helped, their help has died with her. And so it's a tragedy for this community. Now, this is an important person in that community. I want you to think about all those things. Uh, and then they know and hear that Peter's out and about just, you know, preaching and, and stuff. And so they send for Peter. And that also tells me something important about this person because if she hadn't been an important personage, uh, Peter might not have come to see her. I mean, Peter at this point in time was kind of like the head of the church in Israel. He's kind of like a bishop. And so it was a big deal uh, for Peter to come and visit her. Now, if, I, if that was the only part of this scripture that we got and we didn't talk about anything else and that was it, that in itself is all very interesting. Uh, it talks about a disciple's role, talks about a, a bishop's role, talks about a community's a role. It talks about a church, how a church's role is in society. And all those things are important, and those are things that we would have learned just on the face of it. But what I want you to see, what I want you to think about clearly, and this is so important, is that remember, Tabitha's dead. 
Tabitha is dead. This is not Jesus Christ who come and brought her to life. It's one of us. Think about this. It's one of us. She's dead as any human can be. But death will not have the last word. In this new community of believers, here in this new world of the church that is dawning on the world, here, the name Jesus is not a swear word. It's not a word thrown about casually. This word carries power. Power of life and death. When Jesus is present, the Creator is present, the Holy Spirit is present, and the power of life and death is present. And this Holy Spirit power is demonstrated through Peter. This is the same power that Jesus promised Peter and the disciples. It's the same power that's promised to each one of us. Now we might not acknowledge it, but it does not mean that that power is not present. I really think if there's one thing lacking the most in our modern world is the belief in the power of God. And yet it happens every day. The miracle of God works through us every day in different ways, and so often we don't acknowledge it. Thank goodness it was acknowledged this morning in your prayer when you talked about what Leanna had done. Because there's an example of a miracle. A miracle that was performed by the power of the Holy Spirit through Leanna and through all those that Leanna touched. Who would have thunk it? Excuse my French. That this young lady would have dreamed that she could make somehow or another other people to follow her dream and to come up with enough money to build a church in a third world community. And not only did she do that, but she got $5,000 more than she needed, which tells me that God was definitely in this project because God overwhelms us with His abundance when we have faith. This is important for us to see. This is a fisherman turned priest through the power of the Holy Spirit. And his actions are just another example of how the disbelieving world just can't grasp how prayer and faith in Jesus can overcome any obstacle. All the boundaries of life the very breath of life are under the power of Jesus Christ. Every miraculous sign is proof that God's promise to change things and to move things into a new future is happening. Jesus told us that the kingdom of God has come upon you. In Luke eleven twenty, 20, when, when, when asked, where's the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God has come upon you. And my friends, when the kingdom comes upon you, nothing's the same, and miracles happen. And every time we remember and reimagine and retell these stories faithfully, the evil system of sin and death is stamped once again with the sign of the cross that says null and void. Null and void. There was Tabitha. Hear it again. I want you to hear it again. There was Tabitha. Her body washed. 
laid out, ready for burial. The friends were crying. The grave diggers were making ready the tomb. And St. Peter got on his knees. St. Peter got on his knees and Tabitha got up. Peter called out the name of Jesus and death went fleeing. My friends, when the present, present, now, the present, believing, believing, seeking, seeking, praying, Holy Spirit people speak and act with the power of Jesus' name, anything can happen. Anything. And the spirit of evil and death and all those things, well, those spirits shudder. That's what they fear the most. They fear the most when Jesus' followers believe that they can do greater things than He ever did. And you know, folks, this occurs every day. This occurs, sometimes it occurs through, through miracle drugs. Sometimes it occurs in a skilled surgeon's hand. Sometimes it occurs, I've seen it, heard it, and you have too, where somebody went in for the test, they're convinced in the test. We experienced it ourselves with Brenda early back in the summer. The surgeon said, I'm, she's got colon cancer. It's just a matter of I go up there and see where it's at and what I need to do. When she had to test, there was nothing there to harm her. I claim that it's a miracle. Let us claim the miracles. Let us acknowledge the risen Christ. Let us understand it. The risen Christ can overcome the handicaps of our existence. Miracles happen. But we don't want to give God any credit. But they happen every day. They happen then. They happen, they've happened every generation since. They continue to happen even today in so many ways. And let us not forsake the fact that this gift is not just for the early centuries. The gift of healing is a gift of the Spirit, but let me tell you, it doesn't come in a big fanfare usually. You know, today we have too many people who rent big tents somewhere or big auditoriums. They, they get a bunch of people in front of them. They slap them in the head and say, be healed. And then they start passing the collection plate. Now, I tell you right now, there's times that I have wanted to gather some people together and slap them in the head, okay, and say be healed and hope somebody would pay me because they didn't like those folks either. But that's not the way it really happens. Peter simply got on his knees and he prayed. Just like he had seen Jesus do. Think about it. You parents out there, you model behavior for your children right now. Right now. You model that behavior that you want them to see. Jesus modeled the behavior for his disciples. His disciples saw. His disciples believed. His disciple got down on his knees. Jesus wasn't present, 
there. Jesus wasn't anywhere there for him to see. But he knew Jesus was with him. He knew Jesus' power was with him. And he got down his knees, just like he's seen Jesus do. And God worked through him. And when he got through with that, he stayed there a while. He had a lot more work to do. I simply want to thank the Lord Jesus Christ this day for showing forth glory through Peter and Tabitha and all the people since. I want to thank the Lord Jesus Christ for all those people who modeled the right and correct behavior in my life and allowed me somewhere along the way about the time I was about 39 before it ever kicked in, but to understand how much it means to me now that you modeled that behavior. I want to thank you for modeling that behavior just last night through what you did. I want to thank God for reminding us that He can still heal us. He can heal us and make us whole. I want to thank God for all those faithful people who who've responded to their call on their life and have come to believe and to know that they have great power for good within them. Lord, my prayer for all of us today is this. Lord, help us all to get down on our knees more so that those who are dead in the faith may rise up and live. Let us get on our knees so others can rise up and live. Can I get an amen? Amen. Let's rise up now and affirm our faith. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus, the Word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We're called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope, in life in death, in life beyond death. God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated and let our ushers come forward as we respond with our tithes and our offerings. Sometimes it feels like I'm watching from the outside, sometimes it feels like I'm breathing. But am I alive? I will keep searching for answers, but I'm here to find. All I know is I'm not wrong. Yet this is not where I belong. Take this world and Jesus. This
overseas with us this morning. I trust you had a good time, but it's good to see you out there smiling and singing again. Holy, 
is the Lord God Almighty. And everybody's singing, holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Is the Lord God Almighty. Lord God Almighty, Jesus, bring her in. Amen. 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 Wonderful. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord turn this day and smile at you. May the Lord give you his peace. Amen. Have a great week.